So thanks for Ron for coming on the podcast. Um, I know you're a busy guy and we can kind of dive into um, the things that are keeping you busy uh, in a minute, but maybe just to start, if you can kind of just give us an idea of like your practice um, and kind of the work that you guys do there. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks, Chad. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so I have a firm here in London called McLaren Associates and we're a management side labor employment law firm. So what we do is we assist employers with anything that happens at work, whether they're unionized or non-unionized. So lots of employment you know, issues, obviously, uh, lots of very new issues coming as a, as a result of COVID, um, but also issues with unions, issues with arbitration and collective bargaining, you know, wrongful dismissal, WSIB matters, pension matters, mm-hmm. privacy matters. So basically anything that happens at work is the area of law that that we that we are involved with, and uh, we we limit that to only working on behalf of employers. Right, right. So just just so you guys work just employer side. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so probably like an obvious place to start um, is COVID related, even though people are probably COVID fatigued. But one of the things I wanted to kind of get from you was just like kind of in basic terms the the, the infectious disease leave and uh, kind of like what that is and what it means for employers and employees in general terms. Yeah, absolutely. So that's leave that was uh, legislation, regulation that was passed by the province. So it's amended the uh, Employment Standards Act to provide job protected leave for people who have to be off work for COVID related reasons. Um, So much like pregnancy and parental leave, you know, that traditionally existed or other forms of leave, it creates a, a classification of job protected leave under the Employment Standards Act. So it would fall under kind of the same parameters as those other leaves that you mentioned, correct? That's exactly right, Chad. So basically, if someone goes off on the infectious disease emergency leave or idle, you know, their, their job, they want to come back to their job or their employer wants to bring them back to their job, it's, it's job protected leave. So you basically can't be terminated for taking the idle leave. And is that, is it layoff only? So is it initiated by the employer or could it be initiated by the employee? There's a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, there's also deemed emergency leave uh, under the Employment Standards Act, which was an amendment to to the legislation to allow employers to lay people off really for longer than the temporary layoff periods under the Employment Standards Act. So Sometimes it is at the behest of the employers that, you know, because of business conditions, individuals need to be laid off and that's uh, permitted, I should say, pardon me. And uh, equally, there are times when employees need to be off work for reasons related to COVID. And uh, that's where the idle gives them job protected leave. Gotcha. And uh, so this, so the leave right now, kind of that period expires early January. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that, that's correct. We, we, we've seen a couple of extensions already in terms of the leave. So I think the province is probably, and rightfully so, playing it by year. So good chance that potentially if things carry on, it would be ex- sort of extended again. Is that likely? If I had to guess, I would say yes. I mean, I think, you know, the, the province would be unlikely to eliminate that type of leave if we still find ourselves in similar circumstances as we do today. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that would be a fairly safe assumption to make. Gotcha. And, and I guess in terms of if it does expire, what kind of implications does that have for employers? There, there's an ending point for it and, and they still, for example, have employees off work. What happens then? Yeah. So if someone's been on a, 
effectively a layoff due to a downturn in business or other business conditions. And uh, if the leave is extinguished or ended by the province, I mean, basically then an employer would be in a situation where they would have to, you know, bring the employees back to work um, or, you know, they would have to permanently lay them off, you know, but at, at a certain point in time, if people aren't brought back to work within the timeline set out by the Employment Standards Act, then that temporary layoff becomes a permanent layoff. And the other issue as well is, you know, very few employment contracts, certainly in the non-union context, very few would have provisions allowing employers to temporarily lay off employees. So then we run it up against um, allegations of constructive dismissal. Yeah. So that's the other thing that employers really need to be mindful of. That's really not so much of a concern in the unionized context because collective agreements by and large um, have provisions that allow for layoff and, and recall. Yeah. So I guess the, the main thing for employers is, is if there is an end point to this, it kind of reverts back to sort of regular landscape uh, in terms of layoffs and, and what that means in terms of employment for employees. That's right. I mean, I think it is something that it's important that employers remain uh, up to date on and attuned to because the rules of, of engagement are constantly changing. And, and again, I don't think that's anyone's fault. That, that's just the circumstances we find ourselves in. But, you know, certainly there's different ways this could play out in, in 2021. And I think it's important that, you know, certainly HR professionals, but all businesses and business owners, you know, make sure that they're up to speed uh, in terms of what the new rules will be for layoffs. And uh, just on that note, I mean, we've been doing our very best to send out regular updates, you know, to keep people apprised of, of things as they develop. So I guess the other quick question I had around COVID was, so outside of the, the emergency leave, like what kind of things are you seeing that are COVID related that, uh, that you guys are working with employers on? Uh, it's interesting. There's, there's a real mixed bag, Chad. I mean, we are, you know, certainly this constructive dismissal concept is fuzzy for many people. I mean, the legislature, the provincial legislature made it clear that the constructive dismissal will not apply, you know, for purposes of the Employment Standards Act. It's less certain whether or not it applies for purposes of the common law. And again, just to recap on constructive dismissal, under our common law, under our common law system, um, the moment you stop allowing someone to come to work and earn money, I mean, that's technically considered to be constructive dismissal. Now, under the Employment Standards Act, that's been wiped away by the new legislation for, you know, on a temporary basis, but it's still unsettled whether or not it would continue to exist in the common law. Um, I think the risk for an employee is, are they really going to go to court in this climate and try to argue that somehow they've been mistreated because there's no work available for them? You know, yeah. so there's sort of the legal angle, there's the practical angle. And then I would also remind employers that those employees, if they feel they've been constructively dismissed, have a duty to mitigate, meaning that they have a, a legal obligation to be going out and trying to find another job. There's been a whole lot of stuff coming up too around the wearing of masks and particularly around the notion of we have provincial health and safety legislation, right, that dictates that employers take every precaution reasonable in the circumstances to protect the health and safety of their worker. And then we have municipal bylaws which say that you have to wear a mask unless you have some medical condition that, that relieves you of that obligation, you know, that you can't wear a mask. And oh, by the way, uh, someone's not allowed to, to ask you what that medical condition is. So right. We can see where those two you know, concepts butt up against each other in the employment context. And we've seen employers who have recalled people to work 
um, you know, and they're saying, okay, we got to make sure it's a safe working environment. Everyone's going to have the PPE. Everyone's going to wear a mask. And then you always, you know, yeah. <laughs> not invariably, but often you get that one person who wants to challenge it and says, yeah. well, hey, you know, the bylaw says I don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. So we get into this whole dance. Now, I mean, personally, and, and I guess from a legal perspective, I would land on the side of the Health and Safety Act as, you know, being paramount to a municipal bylaw. And I would land on the side of, you know, ensuring that we're doing everything to protect the health and safety of a worker. Um, if someone truly has a medical condition that they're unable to wear a mask, that may then invoke, you know, the human rights code and the duty to accommodate. There might, might be other accommodations that are available, whether it's a plastic shield or distancing or what have you. So I think all those things are still in play. Um, but I would just caution employers, it's not as simple as someone coming to work and saying, well, this bylaw says I don't have to wear a mask. That's yeah. not the end of the story. It's not the end of the analysis. And, and similarly, I would say for, uh, particularly for businesses in the retail sector who have customers coming in without a mask and right. it's causing some fear and consternation for their own employees because now they have people coming into the store. We don't know where they're coming from or who they've right. been around or what have you, and they don't have a mask on. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, we've certainly, this is not sort of uh, a legal conclusion, but we have had situations where Ministry of Labor inspectors have said to those retail employers, they said, well, you get to decide, right, who comes into your store. Uh, you get to decide whether or not you're going to require a mask. So I found that to be an interesting development, right? Um, so it's not sort of a civil, li civil liberty that you don't have to wear a mask. And certainly the Ministry of Labor's perspective seems to be that you as a store, store owner can decide right? Who gets to come into your store? Right. I, I would say that the position that the Ministry of Labor seems to be taking, taking and, and that most employers seem to be taking is, you know, we have work available for you. And so you have to come back to work. Yeah. And, you know, if they refuse a recall, I mean, kind of the, the, the hard answer is to say, well, then you've resigned or abandoned your job, right? right. Now, <clears throat> before you get there, I think there are some steps that need to you know, be, be followed through upon, including asking the employee, you know, why is it that you don't feel comfortable coming back to work? Demonstrating that we have all the health and safety measures in, in place, demonstrating that we've gone through that due diligence. That would be important, you know, particularly if you ultimately did take the position that the employee has abandoned their job. You know, you as the employer would want, would want to be able to demonstrate that you've taken all those steps, that you've demonstrated to the employee that it's a safe environment. Yeah. So it sounds like it's, it's like an, a bit of an exploratory process for the employer when it comes to these, because they're, like you said, there are a lot of different avenues the employees could go and it could be just being difficult, but it could also be just the challenges that, that they're facing. And so it's asking lots of questions and trying to figure out the best options in terms of understanding what the underlying issues are. Yeah, I, I would agree, Chad. And like with, with any, anything in life, like communication is key, right? You want to have, that, of course, that really open, honest, good communication, not accusing anyone of anything, right? And just that understanding that people are fearful, right? And it's legitimate. And I mean, we are truly trying to work through these things collaboratively with employees and just keeping that in mind, you know, yeah. as time has gone on and as we've learned more, as we know more about coronavirus, as we know more about the respective roles and responsibilities of employers and employees, as the dust has settled around some of the, the laws, um, you know, I think we do know more, right? And, uh, and I think we can formulate a much 
more clear position as employers in terms of uh, what's permitted for employees and what's not. Because of all the uncertainty, and because this is new to everybody, perfection is not the standard. Yeah. Right? And that's where I, I wouldn't want employers to be fearful. If you're going to err on the side of anything, it's erring on the side of caution to make sure that your workplace is safe. Yes. Right? So long as you've done that, you've really done 99% of your job, right? Yeah. Um, sort of the one-off employee issues, I really think do come down to communication. Yeah. And, you know, people working respectfully and collaboratively in the workplace and working through issues as they arise. Um, but it's not, you know, the, the coronavirus is something that everyone's working through. And it's not, an, it's not enough for an employee just to, you know, basically say, I'm not coming to work anymore. Yeah. There are, as you said earlier, Chad, there are some questions to be asked if you find yourself in that scenario. Do you, like from a legal employment uh, landscape, do you see anything kind of that you think will be permanently changed for the better uh, on the other side of this? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I do, Chad. I mean, I think certainly from a, from a legal perspective, one area that's going to become, I mean, it's already very important, but going to become even more critical is you know, around privacy and data security particularly where more, more and more people are working from home, you know, um, and if, if any of uh, your listeners are interested, I mean, we have a really solid working from home policy or telecommuting policy I'm happy to share with you and you can disseminate to whomever. Um, so I think that's a, a critical piece is, is looking at and, you know, how do we manage our data? Uh, how are we complying with privacy issues, right? Those are going to be critically important. And, but I also think, the narrative around human resources is changing, right? Um, I think it's changing for the better as a result of this. I think we're hearing more buzz around concepts such as leadership, such as resiliency. I think we're having healthy conversations around mental health, which is critically important. Yeah. You know, diversity and inclusion, not only with COVID, but with other world events, particularly south of the border that are happening, mm. right? So. Yeah. So I find the narrative is changing for the better, Chad. I, I yeah. think that we are more mindful of what our employees' needs are, which is a positive development. I think it makes for healthier organizations and healthier workplaces. So I'm very, very encouraged by all that. I, I'm, I'm happy to see the narrative. It's it, certainly from, from where I sit, it's, it's less about the rules and regulations and following the rules and regulations and more about how do we truly engage our employees as people, right? Yeah. How do we make sure that they have purpose in the workplace? So I, I find that to be very, uh, very encouraging. I agree. And I, I think that's, that's probably a good, a good spot to kind of wrap up because I, I think, you know, I do think that the employers that are doing a pretty good job and, and are genuine in sort of what they're how to, handling COVID and work from home and bringing people back to the workplace and accommodations, I just think they're going to build up tremendous karma and that'll pay dividends when we're on the other side of this in terms of, you know, if you think about an employee who the employer has gone out of their way to support them or accommodate them or, or set them up to work from home, you know, when this is all done, they're going to come back and, and be at 150% just because they know that, that somebody gave a shit, right? So, <laughs> No, I, I completely agree, Chad. And if you think about, think about your best or favorite hockey coach, think about your best or yeah. favorite teacher, yeah. it's that person who believed in you and stuck with you through thick and thin. And you would go the extra mile for that person, right? Yep. And, and the employment relationship is really no different than that. 
Yeah, hundred percent. So that's great. Well, thanks. I do appreciate your time. Um, and I know a lot of the, you know, you and I have worked together on, on some client stuff over the years and I very much appreciate, you know, your expertise. Um, I think this, the information you guys share uh, or have shared throughout COVID is tremendous. Um, I guess the only other thing I'll ask is that uh, just to, to plant the seed that if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to connect? Uh, probably best to, you know, just to send me an email, Chad, which is ron at leclairandassociates.ca. Um, I'm happy to share with my phone number with you as well. If, sure. if that helps, it's yeah. 519-495-2773. Um, so anytime anyone has any COVID related questions, I mean, we're, we're, we're here to help.